Yes, what's up? Thanks for joining the Reinforced Running Podcast. My name is Rich Ryan. I will be your host today. And today is an awesome episode with Cassidy Nicholas. Cassidy is an OG in OCR space and is multiple winner of pretty much all of the OCR things. Uh, fantastic athlete. And she's also the program director at Epic Interval Training. So in the episode, we do a deep dive on how to use interval training to have well-balanced fitness, the number one piece of equipment that you should have and know how to use. And we, uh, Cassidy is a new mother, so we talk about training during pregnancy and postpartum. So there's a lot of great takeaways on how you can structure your training and how to use intervals to get super fit. You will enjoy it. So before we get started, hit us up with five stars on iTunes. Only take a second. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. What movie is that from? Hook me up. All right. So in the beginning, I call Cassidy Cassidy Nichols. Uh, it's because I'm a dummy. Her name was Cassidy Watton. It is now Cassidy Nicholas. And we are on. Cassidy Nichols is in the house today. What's going on? Nothing much. Just uh, get, you're giving me a little hour break from the baby. The husband is uh, taking over. It's a strong excuse. You would say yes, just like, yeah, let's make it two hours, three hour long epic podcast. Yep. So that's cool. So yeah, I'm really excited to dive into some of your journey with with having a baby recently in, in your training and what you got going on in Epic, but I got a couple like just random questions that I, I'm curious about. So you ready? All right, shoot. Cool. So what is your favorite genre of music? Oh God. Um, this is really terribly generic. My past self who's all into like indie music and non-mainstream would hate myself now, but I have to say EDM just because I'm a fitness instructor and it just there's nothing better to work out to. It's just so fun. And it's just when you put it on, like the energy, you know what you're getting, you know it's going to build up and people are just going to be okay with it for yep. sure. And it's happy stuff. It is. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not complicated, but it's it's good, fun, fun music. Was it like, did you get into it because of becoming a fitness instructor or was it like one moment when you're like, oh, okay, this is cool Oh, absolutely. It was actually when I became a, a spin instructor. Mm. Um, right when I was first getting into fitness at first, I was about um, personal training. And then I slowly got into group fitness, teaching TRX class, teaching um, spinning and different more niche things before I got into Epic. Uh, but yeah, definitely from teaching spin and then as it evolved, any other fitness class. Yeah, I, I was the same way with the fitness, being a fitness instructor. I taught one that was like kind of like a hybrid, which more like more or less like a, a berries. So like the cardio room would be straight up EDM stuff. And, and still to this day on like my Spotify Discover Weekly, it is just like the straight up hardcore EDM stuff. And yep. I still get down. It's great. Good, good. I'm glad you're not judging me too much then. <laughs> no, I'm into it. I love it. Um, so if you could only eat three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? Oh, gosh. Um Rice, avocado, and peanut butter. Nice. <laughs> Very I would strong. probably have them all together. Now, would you have to have specific drinks then? Because the peanut butter alone, or I guess would you just mix it in the rice? I've done that. I've definitely mixed peanut butter and rice. It's not yeah. awesome, but it's yeah. A- <laughs> yeah. I- um, it's just, I'm, I'm thinking more like survival mode. I'm not thinking like as much like 
probably the fun answer of like things that taste the best. But um, I think you could survive pretty well off of those three things and be like pretty fit and healthy. I agree. And I'm, I I'm in on, yeah, I'm in on all of those, especially the rice. Like for the rice, when the the pandemic started hitting, at least around here, it was hard to come by. Did you guys, did you have a tough time finding rice? Yeah. Well, I, I didn't go to a grocery store forever because I just had a baby right. when all this hit the fan. So, but yes, I heard that there was no rice. Are you jasmine rice? Are you like white Sushi enriched? Rice. Sushi rice. Yes. So what, I don't really know what the difference is. It's white rice. I imagine it's like sticks together more, but I make white uh, sushi rice with, I make it with coconut oil and it's mm. delish. I'll have to try that. Cause I never have done the sushi rice. I go pretty much straight Jasmine. So I'll have to have to go some sushi rice. I did make Jasmine yesterday though. And it's good. So I don't discriminate. Good, good, good. Um, so if you had one go-to workout, like what is your favorite workout? Would you say? Um, my mind goes to all of our like signature type epic workouts so we have a different kind of interval for every day of the week but it would be an interval workout with eight movements 40 seconds on 20 seconds off for four rounds and um it would be probably our performance interval which combines just like athletic and unconventional base movement for the movements cool yeah and then is it just uh, are they like i've seen some of the videos and i do want to dive into this quite a bit uh, about that and is it there's always different um, workout equipment pieces as well, or are they typically body weight with? with yeah, that so you can do Epic with just body weight because it's a it's a whole fitness philosophy, right? It's if it, if it depended on a certain amount of equipment, it would be a pretty flawed system, right? Right. However, when you add, can add some more fun things, it would be great. At the minimum, I think you can do an excellent job, which is what we're doing on Zoom right now with our gym since we're not um, obviously in session in the gym, is body weight and a kettlebell. I think that you could get really far with just those two things. But to answer your question, in the gym setting at Epic, yeah, we are always based in body weight, but then we add uh, kettlebells, dumbbells. Uh, we have like a rig system with monkey bars and pull-up bars, soft plyo boxes, med balls, and some uh, resistance bands and suspension trainers, and that's pretty much the base of it. Nice. Um, yeah, like I said, I want to dive into that a little, like quite a bit more in detail about how that whole thing works together, because I know there's this system behind it and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really interested in that. But um, first, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Oh, yikes. That's a tough one. I don't know. I'm going to have to, this is like a speed round. I'm going to have to skip and come back to that one. I can't we'll, think of anything. We'll skip. We'll skip it. I'll remind you later, but, uh, so cool. We'll, we'll just keep things rolling. So for the people listening, why don't you just tell them a little bit about yourself, who you are as a coach and athlete and what you got going on at Epic. All right. Well, my name is Cassidy Nicholas. I've got married last year sometime. So I formerly known as Cassidy Watton, if you may or may not know me by that. Um, I grew up in Connecticut. I went to school at Pepperdine in Malibu, California, and I was always into sports and athletics, mostly like sports sports, like basketball was my jam, but I did cross country and track to stay in shape for basketball. And uh, in college, I got more into just that turned into just a love for fitness, because what do you do if you're no longer an organized sports? Uh, and I found CrossFit and CrossFit was 
very new. It was more of like an underground movement where you go to CrossFit.com and you do it. Yeah, main site workouts every day and do them in the park with my college boyfriend or at the the college gym. What year was this then? Was that like? 2000. I graduated high school in 2007. So it was eight or nine. 2009. Yeah, that's about before I I think I even heard of it. I think I started hearing about it like 2010. So the first time I even came across a gym. Um, Yeah. But anyway, so you were doing the main site workouts. Yeah, so that got me into fitness. And then I spent a year after college in Wyoming, uh, like doing the whole ski bum life. And I got super out of shape, moved back to Malibu afterwards. And that's when I got into more fitness as a career. P.S. I had gotten a Spanish degree in college, totally useless. (laughs) When I could have just come back and got a $500 personal training degree and earned more money than my for my for my two hundred thousand dollars Spanish degree, but Do you we'll, speak it. Oh, I mean, you're in Florida, right? Yeah, you're I'm in Florida. Miami. I, I can speak it conversationally. I'm sure I could speak it a lot better if I needed to. If I moved anywhere for like you know any Spanish speaking country, I would pick it right back up even more. So yes, I'm I'm competent, but for having spent that much money on it, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, got my personal training uh, like certification when I moved back to Malibu. And started working at this mom and pop gym in Malibu called Malibu Fitness. And like I was telling you before, with the music, I got into teaching a little bit of group fitness. But at this time, I was also into CrossFit on my own. Like when I trained on my own after I did my clients, I was like CrossFit all the way. I would either do it at my Malibu gym or go over to my CrossFit gym, which was in the town over. Um, And then uh, I knew of Epic and Alexander Nicholas, my now husband, through um through OCR I got into Spartan race also about the same time as as that I met Hunter McIntyre I don't know if you know this part of my story but I met him uh in Malibu we were working at the same gym and he got me into Spartan race we dated for a few years so we uh yeah so I was into Spartan race simultaneously Spartan race pro team so that kind of all happened at the same time fitness and OCR but I knew Alex and I knew of Epic uh, just through because Alex also was racing OCR. So a few years later, moved to Miami, started working at Epic, worked at uh, Epic in New York City for a little while. And then I'm back. That was like a big fast forward on that last part. But pretty much ever since I found Epic, fell in love with that. It was hard for me to let go of my barbells, my powerlifting and, and CrossFit. But then I, when I realized and I kept doing Epic workouts and I felt better, I was stronger, leaner, stronger for my body weight, uh, stronger for what I needed to do. And I didn't feel like crap after every single workout like I did (laughs) during CrossFit. I eventually totally dropped it and have been in love ever since. And so I was just going to bring it to the present right now. I I would say that I'm, uh, I help run Epic as a, we used to be a franchise, but now we're a licensing program. So you can open an Epic, you can open your own Epic interval training facility, open a whole gym, or you can run Epic out of your CrossFit gym, run Epic out of any current space you have. Um, So I work on that end. I'm the programming director. So I direct all programming and coaching for the company. And that's it. Like I was telling you, we do have a a local gym that I've been a part of here. But due to COVID-19, we are discontinuing our that gym, uh, continuing with it online for the time being. 
For sure. And uh, yeah, we talked about that a little bit offline and uh, just kind of where you guys will end up next. And I'm sure it'll be something great, but just un- unfortunate circumstances that a lot of a, a lot of us are just going to be running into for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to the difference in CrossFit and say Epic Interval, and that's something that is in the title of the of the company, right? It's Epic Interval Training. Um, yeah. And when people come in to Epic, are they expecting it to be CrossFit or how do you kind of differentiate the two things? Because from the yeah. outside looking in, like, you know, we know CrossFit because we know it's like Olympic lifts and some power lifts and like, it is a barbell. It's like dirty garage stuff, but like, yep. what, how do you differentiate something like that to like Epic? That's a great question. We get that all the time. A lot of people walk in and say, is this CrossFit? And first thing I ask them is, what do you know about CrossFit? And usually they don't really <laughs> know what CrossFit is. They just have seen, oh, it's a big empty space, an unconventional looking gym with um, functional equipment. And they're in like a box looking area. So and people um, working but, hard. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the main distinct differences. Physically, when you walk in, you'll see we don't have barbells. So we are weighted. Our load that we add is 99% of the time going to be a kettlebell. We've just started incorporating some dumbbells, which I actually love as well. Um, We actually do barefoot training. So all Hmm. of our gyms are barefoot. That's just kind of like a little side side note. We do it on soft MMA mats. That's kind of a whole other story. Um, And then it's interval training. So what people don't who asked me that, like I said, who don't really understand CrossFit, you have your wads, you have your strength component, and then you do your conditioning or your wad. And it's based in gymnastics, powerlifting, Olympic lifting. Um, and you work for rounds or for time, right? So Epic is all interval training, always going to be interval training, set amount of work, set amount of rest. So it's interval training, it's always eight stations and we have three levels to every movement. So that's the main staples of Epic, all intervals, eight stations, three levels, all intervals. So that's our, uh, the base of what we do. Cool. And so would it, when you say intervals and I feel like people would have a tough time differentiating like an interval workout from say, uh, like an AMRAP. Right. Yep, like exactly. Um, so it's always going to be set amount of work, set amount of rest. Forty seconds on. Forty seconds, seconds on. Off, Thirty seconds on. Fifteen seconds off. Something like that. Hmm. And was it? What is the thought behind the uh, equipment then? Because I noticed that you guys do have, you know, usually like rec bags and, and kettlebells. And so why not uh, barbells? Or is it? Is that a function of just the people's ability? Or is it? Well, what, what's behind that? So Alex, my husband, started Epic in 2012 in New York City, and he started it because he was training martial arts, like super, super into martial arts, and his instructor was kind of down on his and couldn't make his rent, and he's like, hey, what if we go in on this? I'll run in the strength and conditioning portion, and you um, you know, keep running your MMA, and that's where the barefoot thing came in. It was in an MMA gym, so it was all barefoot to start, and we, we carried it through because of all the awesome benefits of barefoot training. But I think the whole idea was just honestly uh, the functionality from, from the equipment he decided to add. It, even though Alex has a background of uh, collegiate football, for some re- for whatever reason, he didn't think that that was necessary to put in when, when he added it. So I think because he was doing martial arts, so um, based in body weight and mobility and functionality, um, 
as kind of the root of where we came from. And I, and I, I think that is why, but moving forward. Yeah. To me, the general public, I think Olympic lifting and powerlifting is great for sport, but for general physical fitness, especially when you're trying, you have, you want to capture a lot of people or be able to get a lot of people fit. It's just so advanced, especially in a group setting to learn, teach people to throw a barbell over their head, especially when barbells start at 35 for women, 45 for men. That's a lot of weight for a lot mm-hmm. of people. And even totally. if you're like, oh, just use the bar. Like that's what they tell you when you first come in. Like you're not gonna be able to walk the first day if you're doing even 35 pound squats over and over and over again. So for many reasons, it's, it's interesting. No one's ever asked me like that. Like why uh, did we not add them? It's like kind of not even like a question but like, why would we yeah <laughs> yeah but i love kettlebells because you can their ability to rotate so to me when you, ro- you go from a clean say a clean you rotate from the clean to the rack to overhead there's all this rotation that your shoulder is getting that you wouldn't get if you're locked into a barbell and then of course there's a conditioning portion where you're doing anything ballistic anything swingy anything powered from the hips you're automatically getting an awesome conditioning portion uh uh uh, portion to that which you can get they call it barbell conditioning you can rep out a bunch of light snatches but but yeah there's th- th- it makes sense because there's a clear limitation on the amount of movement and mobility that it takes for a barbell like the path needs to kind of be linear and straight up and down for a barbell you you can't get the, get it out in front of you and pull it back into your body like it's just not an efficient way to, to use a barbell it's like very specific ways like up and down like in, in your little box mm-hmm. um and kettlebells they are unbelievably popular right now. I don't know about you, but I've been trying to go on like rogue or, you know, kettlebell Kings trying to grab a heavier kettlebell. Like there's no chance, no way I'll be able to get one. So people are right buying, now. Really? Um, no, no kettlebells available. Even wow. like the, the only one you could get is like a 208 pound kettlebell. Um, I haven't worked my way there, but I know it's good to know that it's there. If I, if you know, get real swole, but, yeah. um, so people are using these at home, right? Because they're, they, they're, they don't take up too much space. They're super versatile, like you mentioned. So when people are using these and in your experience, seeing all these people, like what are some mistakes or kind of pitfalls that people might do right away when they have the kettlebell? Or is it kind of like foolproof with that? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I, I kind of like poo-pooed on barbells for being too advanced for the general public, but kettlebells can be a pretty advanced piece of equipment. So like you said, they're super hot right now. But a lot of people, I'll say, have you worked with kettlebells before? And they'll say yes. But what they mean is they've just like held one and done a squat or held one and done a lunge. They're using it as a prop. They're using it to add load. Great. You can definitely use it that way. But like I mentioned, the reason that it's cool is because you could do swings, cleans, the snatches and the bajillion variations of that. Um, and that's what's really uh, takes some good coaching to understand, especially if you're trying to do it virtually and trying to learn a kettlebell swing or a clean for the first time online, it's, it's, it's difficult to teach in person. So that does come back to Epic. We do have levels and progressions to everything that allow you to hop into a workout and get a great workout and not be so technical and like pick it up little by little as you come to class, because we're always progressing you and you always have those levels and those options. Um, but I kind of forgot the origin of the question. What would I tell people that the common mistakes at home, stuff like that? Yeah, just like if you were just to say walk somebody through something, or if you're like we're gonna do three of these movements, which you can do like not like maybe 
you know, you're not doing a snatch or something like that. Something that is pretty basic for people because there's still an element of um, proficiency that needs to be take place. So like what kind of things would you advise people toward or pull people away from when they are t- using like kettlebells? I would advise them to watch some good instruction before you try to do swings, clean snatches, things like that. You can watch my IGTVs. You can watch, which I need to be making more of. Um, my, I have an online program. I swear this is, it, I hate like sell, like selling things, but at the same sell time, it. it's like. Link in bio. We got it. It is. It's in the bio on my Instagram and it is perfect, progresses you. It's actually a 90 day thing, 30 days body mm. weight, 30 days kettlebells, 30 days suspension trainer. And day by day, it's a 16 minute interval workout. But I start the day, I start every day with a lesson. So we go deep dive. Like day one is a bodyweight squat. And I talk mm. for maybe two minutes about a bodyweight squat. Um, and really what people don't understand is you, and then the second day, I believe I talk about a hinge, right? And a lot of people, the general public, if you say, what's the difference between a squat and a hinge, they don't know. And there is no way in hell you're going to be able to use a kettlebell if you don't understand that difference. So it goes actually back to body weight. So I would advise people to get some good coaching and get a good program that teaches you from the beginning about the body, starting with body weight, then adding load. But, um, I wouldn't say like shy away from using kettlebells, but know that there's prerequisites. You need to know what a hinge is. You need to know what a deadlift is. And then to add the power of the hips and uh, make it safe to do so. And a lot of people say it bothers their back. It's not a bad back exercise. It's just the way you're doing it. You need good coaching. So find a good coach. I think that would be my best, Which <laughs> my is best strong. advice. Yeah. yeah. Cause like you, I totally agree with the hinge versus squat. And like, you'll see any given person at any gym, like, like a globo gym doing a kettlebell swing where they are, you know, squatting down and using their shoulders and there's right. Yeah. The kettlebell is yeah. like sagging we down. We call it the lantern arm. when it's like yeah. hanging down like that. Totally. Yeah. And, that, and then they're like, Oh yeah, I've done kettlebell swings. It's like, well, you did a swing with a kettlebell. Yeah. Um, exactly. <laughs> um so, and w- when it comes to the intervals, I mean, you guys say you do, it's intervals every day then, right? It's, and again, when it comes to just from the outside looking in and intervals and like just thinking about what that is, and even, you know, every like hit is something that most people are familiar with two eyes is that it's, you know, you go really hard and then, you know, Tabata is an example, the 40%, 40 seconds on 20 off. And by the end, you're just dead. Yeah. Um, and so how do you guys put in like uh, program the load and intensity without it being just the same kind of thing every day? Yep. I knew we were going from the get go with that. I love that. Um, it's a great question. So a lot of people, when they think interval training, they say the next thing they say is like hit, uh, hit, is, <laughs> hit is, is high intensity interval training. And we don't call ourselves epic hit. Because not at all interval training is high intensity. So in order for this to be a sustainable program, we need to vary our intensity, right? So that's why we have a different interval for every day. Yes, that's relative. You're going to get a high heart rate in all of our classes. Uh, but we have performance interval, which generally works on that like in between um, two to one work to rest ratio, 40 on, 20 off. Cardio interval or is our like is our one hit day a week. So that's like where we're going to do uh, Tabata, like anything 30 seconds or less working time, 30 seconds or 20 seconds usually, where you're doing your most explosive, okay? 
That's our one true hit day where we want you to go balls to the walls and go to dark places. What's the, uh, sorry to interject on the cardio. What's the rest like typically on one of those? Is it like, Um, is it one to one or like one to two? Two to to one. Um, So most common intervals, we do 30 on 15 off five rounds or Tabata's 2010 for um, seven or eight. Got it. So that's hitting it hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we, it's not um, sustainable to do that every day. I know a lot of people are glutton for punishment and they would want, like to crush themselves every day. Uh, but uh, that can be overdone. So that's why we kind of stretch it out. Um, strength interval is our other one. We'll work a moderate working time, like 40, 45 seconds. There's some different formats. We'll do it in like um, AB, like go back and forth between movements. Um, or, but most traditionally we do it circuit style. Uh, strength. So we actually ask people to slow it down, pick up heavier weight. If it's a body weight movement, we're going to be working on a nice long range of motion, strict push up. Same thing with pull ups and stuff like that. Um, so it's really up to the coach and the programming and the levels to dictate what the objective is and how, how you're going to treat that interval of the day. Endurance interval we have every week, and that is any working time 60 seconds or longer. So it's stretching out that work capacity. Uh, core interval is kind of another in-betweener, 40, 45 seconds. But we take like a very dynamic and holistic approach to the core, of course, because as you probably know, a goblet squat is going to do way more for your core than a crunch. But we'll, we'll do some also core specific. And then on the weekends, we do combination interval. So it's a great teacher of pacing because we'll start off with endurance interval. Then we'll go to that kind of middle of the road, 4 to 20, and then we'll do uh, a high intensity. So you'll take the same movement and you'll, it'll look totally different for the three different rounds because of the pacing and the intention uh, of the interval. Hmm. So what is the main benefit with changing it every single day? Like you said, people might be a glutton for punishment. Um, but like, what, why have you guys specifically made this decision being like, okay, like we need to give this variance. I love these questions. And most people um, don't care this much about it. We'll go deep. We'll keep going. Keep digging. Uh, No, that's a great question. So uh, let's take what I'm going to answer this with like a backwards way. What, what, why we don't do another way. So another way, a lot of fitness places do it. The majority, I would say it's like upper day, lower day, or like back and legs, abs and (laughs) abs and butts, blah, blah, blah. And we absolutely do not break it up by body part. Every single day is a full, is a full body workout. Um, But we change, like I said, I think it's better to change the intention and the, um, yeah, the intention and the pacing of the interval is what we're varying as opposed to the body part. Hmm. So everyone wants variety every day. That's just what we, what, where our variety comes is in the pacing and in the intention, not in the body parts. You're always going to get um, a full body workout. You're always going to be working mobility, agility, uh, strength and conditioning. And I think that's a smart way to go about it because uh, there, there's like literature behind frequency of training and how that actually helps to, to build muscle and burn fat. And, and you're right, like at the gym that I used to work at that I mentioned before, why I'm in the EDM is like, yeah, I had a, a triple A day, arms, ass and abs day, you know, like that was yeah. something I had to program for. And like, it just is, doesn't make as much sense like to me 
to, to, to isolate that way, especially in an interval setting. I just, it, it doesn't quite seem to. Yeah. I know it's extremely popular, but it, it makes no sense to me why you would like superset and keep hitting one muscle group so that it's super sore the next day. I know some people like that because they associate that with progress. A good sore. Yeah. There is some good sore, I guess. But that's but, what they say. They're like, oh, I'm sore, but like in a good way. It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So your muscles are broken down uh, to just like the right that. amount. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, that's, that's whole concept to me is a little um, backwards. And I think that after a workout, you should feel good and not feel like crap. And yeah, and it's easier for a gym to give that. It's like, all right, we're going to just going to pound legs today. And then when they leave, they're going to be like, wow, that was a great workout. And kind of how you said about the core, it's like, all right, a goblet squat or like, you know, uh, bottoms up goblet squat that's going to work your core more than a crunch but like if you do crunches or like bicycle crunches for 60 seconds you're going to feel like it's working yep. your core more and be like wow it's a great ab workout it's like nah, eh, really the squats were what so right. i feel like a lot of these gyms are trying to give people what they perceive is what they need um and and just kind of veiled in sweat and soreness and, and you just summarize the fitness business, especially the studio fitness business. So yeah, with that, how do you guys get buy-in then? Like, is it something when people come in the door, do they know what that's going to be like? Are they, or, or, or is it just once they try it, they're good to go because it is so much different. Like I said, like something like a berries or whatever, they're all it's, that way. It's really tough, Rich, because we do not fit in. We are we're in this really awkward in between where, like you said, we're not the nitty gritty, dirty CrossFit box, but we're also not the flashy, sexy fitness studio with the lights and the models and um, the treadmills, even where you automatically you put someone on a treadmill, they're going to think they got a good workout because running on a treadmill. Because it's hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we're right in this in between place where we look like group fitness, but it's actually a thoughtful fitness program where we care about your progression of movement and your mobility and things like that. So it's not very sexy. It's not mm. that sexy gym. And it's, it's actually not that nitty gritty gym. I, I don't, I used to not like when people automatically associated with CrossFit. What I do like about CrossFit is it's, there's programming. Okay. And in other gyms, there's like workouts. What I find is they throw a bunch of random movements together um, and people get a good sweat. Hopefully they kept it sexy, you know, and, and there's not a lot of coaching going on, but we're right in between where we're really, it's really fun and, uh, welcoming group fitness atmosphere, but we also bring that programming aspect. So it's a hard thing to market. If that's what you're getting at, it's, it's tough. It's tough to get people to understand that, but the people who get it, oh my gosh, you, first of all, you know, when they get it and they love it and they're like, for life, you have them. And we have had people for since Epic's inception in 2012 in New York City who have still been going every single day. So it takes a little bit longer to uh, get it, I would say. And from a business standpoint, it, that's really putting the client or the customer athlete first and like giving them something, a true product that is going to get them the best results. And, you know, that's not always the easiest thing to market. It's not like the quick six week transformation situation or, or whatever that is. Um, but getting that thoughtful programming is something that shines through and how much you care and how much you are, are putting into the actual program and the coaching. 
because that's that's one thing I think CrossFit really has done well is is the programming part and the attention to detail and going through form where it gets a bad rap because people people do get hurt <laughs> because like it's exercise for competition but they really care more about form than any of like the studio fitness like when I was coaching at studio fitness they had to pull me back from queuing and like helping almost They're like no 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 <laughs> just keep this Wait, thing well, rolling turn that turn that shit up like yeah all right I guess yeah. um and from so kind of coming back to the barefoot thing, because that is something else I think people would have an opportunity to, to do now. I know I'm working out in my bare uh, feet more uh, because I'm at home. So it doesn't, it's not as weird. So like, what are some of like the main benefits? I know it was kind of uh, brought up because of MMA, but what are, because that has to be a conversation too. It's like, by the way, no shoes in here. So yeah. I'm sure you have to have that conversation a lot too. Like, what do you, what do you yeah. say to that? Yeah, it's, most people so the thing from a business standpoint the last part you just said when people are like oh um most people don't tell us to our faces like ew that's gross they just probably won't come back again and that's something from Uh. a business standpoint we've always thought of changing or at least making an option so actually when we made the move from uh, for, to like I said, we made a move. Or I don't know if I said this on or off the air, but it, we we moved locations of our gym in January here in Miami, and we actually made it optional for the first time. It took a hmm. lot more mopping, um, but we wanted to find out: are people not coming back because they think this is gross, even though it's ridiculous? Because shoes are way grosser because they're carrying everything from the outside, yeah. and we're mopping constantly. Anyway, and they're, just your, and they're just your feet. I always think it's like, well, how? What are you doing with your feet later? Like. Yeah, putting them back in socks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, so uh, from a business standpoint, that is interesting. We didn't really get a great chance to figure that out, do a long-term study on that. Now, when people open Epics, they're, since it's a license now, they have lot, a lot more options in franchising. You know, you have to do it the way we do it and everything, but people can, to, can make their choice. Everyone has chosen to go barefoot except for a couple of uh, – licensees like one in Hawaii and one in um, SoCal are running the classes within a CrossFit. So they have shoes, but Mm -hmm. anyway, so the reason, some of the benefits, um, so it's the whole idea of like, you weren't born without shoes and everyone kind of heard that through the Vibram, um, what do you fad, I guess, but that kind of came and went because people, including me slapped on those Vibram five finger shoes and hit the ground running, hit the pavement. I did. I nice. did. It, it was right when that, right when I was crossfitting. So I was crossfitting in Vibrams. Cause that was like really 2009, cool. 10, yep. I think when I those was, things dropped. I was like way ahead of my time. Definitely. Um, <laughs> but then your feet kill you because you're pounding on pavement in bare feet. And that is the intention of shoes in the first place to protect your feet from the elements. However, you need to give your feet that play time. So there's all these all this sensory information you're getting from the floor, hundreds of muscles and tendons and ligaments that get the chance to work and play um, by going barefoot. And especially since we have soft MMA mats, we have soft plyo boxes, which I think every fitness center should see. No one should be taking skin off of their shins on a wooden plyo box, but they're way cheaper. So I get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's it. So it's a safe environment for them to do so. Um, teaches people to move better. So they'll end up jumping and landing better rather than you have these big cushions on your feet. You don't care how you land on a box or land on a broad jump because you have these big clunkers on you. But when you're barefoot, you actually see how you need to absorb the shock. And so it helps you from the ground up, right? People have any sort of knee, hip uh, issues. A lot of times ankle 
it starts from the ground up, right? So we've seen, and I've seen it myself, so many injuries healed just by going barefoot. Previous to hmm. being at Epic, I had a two-year stint of plantar fasciitis that I could not get rid of, went to every expert, did everything that you could Google, um, and nothing. But I just started working out at Epic, and that's just you know 45 minutes a day where I'm barefoot. And it went away. It's never to return. We, we have so many stories like that of ankle, knee, hip issues. Um, so just giving your, your feet that kind of play time, um, per se, is just does wonders for the body and teaches you how to move better. Hmm. Have you, do you like run in uh, minimal shoes now? Or is no. that? No, that's a good question. So if I'm like running, right, which I don't really run, but. Uh, but you pave, have run. Yeah. Yeah. Pavement or trail running, bring on the cushion. Like that's what it's that's what they're made for to protect your feet from mm -hmm. like from cement. Right. So, I mean, I'm not like very strong either way. What are the big, the big ones? Hoka's. Yeah. Hoka's. I'm not like a Hoka or a minimal. I'm like, whatever, a new balance. Um, <laughs> Where, whatever. Yeah. Um, so no is the answer, but the idea is that if you give yourself that time every day, you strengthen your feet so that it's prepped for those situations. Yeah, and that, that just makes sense to strengthen the feet to 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 work the actual foot, you know, and do all the things instead of just kind of doing prehabby, rehabby stuff like you know, just grabbing with your toes or whatever they tell you to do when you have plantar fasciitis or yeah. all those like little things you could do. It's like, well, this is a big dynamic uh, area that you, that you can train in, in multiple ways. Exactly. Um, and so you guys don't do anything like foot specific. It's just here are squats, that, and then it just gets. You're just doing the workout barefoot. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and, and that is a testament to it. And I think that's something that's a reason to like really keep that because I don't know of any other gym that's like that. Have you? Yeah. We've had so many conversations, Alex and I about this and I'm like, no, I think we're still ahead of the trend. He He's always wanted to try with shoes because he thinks it scares people off. And I'm always like, no, we're so close. We're still ahead of it. Like people are going to be doing this more but I mean, ultimately, we landed on trying it in our space and allowing people to have the option. But I'm with you. I think we should stick to it. It makes us unique and it is legitimately good for people. Could probably, probably buy a bunch of those Vibrams now. Super cheap, I bet. Just spray them like their bowling shoes. Just yeah, dish them out. yeah. Yeah, sanitize them. That's there. true. It, is that less gross? Like here, if you want it to be less gross. Here, yeah, we thought about shoes. that, like custom grippy socks and stuff yeah, like that. But, I was thinking that too because they have uh, – Oh, they make you buy, like at like, um, have you ever taken like a mega former class? Yeah. Or more, uh, trampoline park. Oh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> they give you the sticky, the sticky socks or you Do buy they? them. Oh, I've, never, yeah. I've, never, I've actually never tried. I got to yeah. get to a trampoline park when things well, open. You, you don't have a, I have a four year old stepson. So we, we do that type of thing quite uh, a bit. Yeah. So when, when, when things are open up, that's where I'm going first. <laughs> um, so one thing that I freaked out about personally when like the stay at home home orders started to be laid out um was that because i live in in center city philadelphia it's it's really dense it's it's a urban area and i was worried they were going to tell me i can't run outside anymore that they were going to shut down the public paths and that like all my aerobic work was going to have to be done not running so have, have you found a way to kind of help with that like because nobody has like a treadmill anymore, right? Are you sticking to the epic principles when it comes to the aerobic work too? Or how does that kind of shift things? Yeah, to be honest, we've changed almost nothing. Like this is 
perfect for us because a huge part of Epic, which we haven't even really talked about, it's just so obvious to me, I forget it sometimes, is that we have no machines. Um, mm. We use only our body. So you literally don't need anything. We actually lent all of our members one kettlebell and all of our workouts. I'm now writing programming for stay at home for all the Epics across the country are body weight exercises and or uh, adding a kettlebell or like maybe you use like a bench or a couch for, for some of the levels. So hmm. we've really had to change almost nothing. We just don't have, you know, a lot more equipment is fun, but it's still, it's still very dynamic. Um, currently actually today uh, filming for uh, next month's programming, my, my demo videos. So still plenty to do. And is that all available to the public? Is that part of the the program that we mentioned before, um, like the stay at home one, or is that for Epic? No, online? yeah, that's for Epic Epic locations, like Epic programming. So that's the only that's only available to people who own an Epic license. But um, anyone of the public can become a member. So right. we're at this point just going forty nine bucks a month. If anyone wants to become a member of our gym in Miami. We have three live classes a day, so absolutely you could hop on and, and get the programming that way. But Got I also it. have um, – I've always had – not always had for a little over a year now, the Epic Odyssey, which I referred to, which is a 30, 60, and 90-day program that takes you – that would be – that was obviously made for at home before right. this, so that would also work as well. You see, you're ahead of it with no shoes. You're ahead of it with people staying home. Yeah, I guess it's worked out. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, cool. It's definitely something to to take a look at because that's definitely an area where it can be hard for people. Like when it is like if the weather is not great and they can't run or or things like that. So the stay at home and getting that aerobic piece, I think, has been uh, really hard for people to to come by. Um, so I just have to shift gears a little bit, and we could always come back to Epic, and I'm sure we will touch on it in this. But uh, we touched on it briefly before you just had a baby girl, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was literally the, like the week that everything happened, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 March 20th. Yeah. My birthday is the 17th. So it was that Tuesday. So everything shut down that Monday. And then, um, well, congrats. <laughs> the day before everything shut down real. The, like the day, the 16th, everything shut down. So 17th is my birthday. And, uh, so we didn't, we didn't have dinner that, that night, but that, but we're fine. <laughs> But we, we, everyone else's birthday was, I felt bad for myself. Thanks. Like my birthday's ruined, but everyone's birthday has now been ruined. So yep. I, I was just the first one. Um, so how are things going? How are things going in your own fitness journey now? Like postpartum? Yeah, it's been interesting. I, I had an awesome pregnancy, uh, worked out pretty much all throughout really, um, only probably a few times a week toward the end doing Epic workouts, just doing whatever version felt good. Um, I've, it's been like a really awesome experience, just pregnancy and postpartum, because as you know, it's really um, competitive athletically. And a lot of people are like, what are you going to do? Or like, how are you FOMO? Are you sad? Are you going to get back? And it's just, I guess I think it was just like ready in life because I've done so much of that. And so it's been actually really awesome to just slow it down and during pregnancy, it's like you literally, there's no motivation to work out except the reasons you're supposed to work out is to feel good, uh, period, to that sentence. Yeah. What was that shift like? Because I've never worked out just to feel good. You know, it's always been competition, set, structured, leading up to something. Um, I would like to think that I would be able to have my health in mind if that all gets was taken away or I chose to not. Um, so was that a, a yeah. hard mind shift? Cause I mean, you missed the big one aesthetics, right? 
No, so, I look good. Yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting. So I didn't compete for about a year before I gave birth because I was dealing with a lot of fatigue. I think just from years of intense competition and being super lean, I was just like burnt out. So I had slowed down a bit. And um, honestly, if I didn't slow down in that last year, I don't even know if I would have because of like hormone weirdness been able to get pregnant. So it was a little bit more gradual than abrupt of getting pregnant and me stopping. So Mm -hmm. in that way, it wasn't a shock, but it was a perfect segue that slow down into that pregnancy into, oh, wow, I really, especially love doing epic workouts because they're fun and they make me feel good. Um, so the shift actually, I was really grateful because I know it's really tough for a lot of women. So it was actually really good. And then coming out of it into postpartum, I always said like, I'm not going to be in any rush. I'm just going to do what feels good, which is was still true, but it's been interesting being a fitness professional, but not being a professional at postpartum. Because I think I know a lot about fitness and about the body, but I just was like so uncertain. Like, when can I start things? When can I do this? Is this okay? Am I going to be starting too soon? Like, I feel fine, but so it was kind of slow. And then all at once, I started. I started off. I probably didn't do anything for I think like two and a half weeks postpartum. I started doing like a little bit of like rehabby movement. And then there's a great program. I have to give credit to um, BirthFit if anybody is. Um, pregnant postpartum. There's this company called BirthFit that has a lot of resources. Mm. So I actually did their postpartum program, which is like 30 days. And it's a lot of like rehab type stuff, uh, more than like workouts. And I started actually a little bit too fast when I, and that two and a half weeks before I found the, the BirthFit thing. And I had to pull back because I had a kind of a gnarly um, birth and I had it at home here. So I had a little extra recovery to do than I think a lot of women. And then I pulled back again and then I felt like it was taking a long time, but really now I'm nine, 10 weeks postpartum tomorrow and I'm doing um, epic workouts. I'm taking my own classes or other coaches uh, at my gym on zoom uh, three, four times a week now. And I feel great. So it's kind of like slow than all at once, but um, yeah, it feels good. And it's still kind of interesting, right? Because I still don't have any sort of goal. And I'm, I'm not too anxious to like, get any body back. I know that it's just something that takes time. And if I do my normal things, it'll happen and whatever, um, at whatever pace it's going to happen. So I'm still really just enjoying the workouts. And that's something that I was interested in as well is just kind of how the what the motivation would be like, cause I'm sure everything changes, right? Like y- your body changes, your, your mindset has to shift, your priorities have to change. And, you know, there might be an idea of what it's like, or what a lot of women might come into. I mean, I'm not going to speak for women on this, but I could imagine that they might um, have this idea. It's like, okay, once postpartum, like I'm going to get right back to it and, and be, on, be on the grind. What did it change? Like, did your mindset change in different ways or, or was that kind of the, the did you foresee your mindset around fitness the way that it is now. Did I foresee it when before I was pregnant? Yeah. Or yeah, before you're pregnant or like even during while being pregnant, like afterward, was it what you thought it was going to be like? <clears throat> um, yes, I would say, yeah, I was, I was planning on, I was like prepping myself to um, not rush, right. To be like, okay, it takes a really long time. I just did something super gnarly. Don't rush. I was just enjoying my baby. 
But then I got a little more anxious a little earlier than I thought to be like, okay, I'm ready to work out, especially mostly just uh, out of boredom too, like yeah. something to do in a day, especially since there's, I'm at home with this baby. And um, so that's, that's the only thing I got a little anxious on to move, but I, I'm glad that I did because man, after how much I've slowed down, what if I never got any like motivation back in the first place? So I'm grateful that I craved it, but I'm also not like too intensely like I got to work out. I can't miss a day. That's not the case at all. I'm like, okay, actually I'm kind of trying to stop myself and go just every other day again, just to ensure that I don't like burn myself out. And like breastfeeding mm-hmm. is not only a full-time job, but it is um, a, a energy expenditure. Um, inside your body. So I got to keep that in mind as well. And it seems like a, a good way to kind of be almost intuitive about it. Just like how you're feeling and just kind of going with it instead of forcing one thing or, um, and just let, allowing your, your body and your mind to kind of guide the way, which is as easy as it sounds. Um, yep. and, and from a physical standpoint, were you surprised at the, the bounce back or did the, um, the program that you kind of follow walk you through it a little bit, or was there anything that was worse or, or easier coming back than you thought or on your way back, Um, I should say. Yeah. The pelvic floor is just like still a a huge mystery to me. (laughs) Um, It's like, like I said, I felt like a, I'm a fitness expert, but I, I think everyone needs to have, get an expert in areas that they're not an expert, which is why I went to another program um, cause I realized I'm not an expert in this and there's like a lot of trauma down there and I really feel like I don't know what I'm doing now when I did get the program, I'm like, okay, this is actually some of the stuff that I was doing and what I thought, like you said, it's largely intuitive, but, um, a lot of people were like DM, not a lot, a few people, oh, I hate when people say that, like everybody's asking Tons about my of Facebook people are- on Instagram. Guys, let me tell you, everyone's asking. <laughs> Yeah, a couple people DM me on Instagram and be like, you should do a a postpartum or a pregnancy thing. And I'm like, "Mm, maybe the second baby. Like, I don't like taking things um, that are other people's expertise. And I'm a novice. Like, I I would like to learn from other people, just like you see a lot of people on now um, posting their HIIT workouts (laughs) online all of a sudden. Um, So, yeah, I'm still learning, but I would say that was the the biggest surprise is like this mystery of the pelvic floor and like internal healing and all that. And that's almost like a physical therapy type of uh, activity, right? Like just doing. Which I still need to find. I'm still, I need to go to a pelvic floor physical therapist. Right. I think that would still be beneficial. For sure. And, and I like that you have that humble approach. Yeah. Cause we all, you all see the people that they take a kettlebell certification and they, the first time I touched a kettlebell and now all of a sudden they're putting up kettlebell stuff on Instagram or you run a marathon and now you have a marathon training plan you're selling. It's like, okay, let's, uh, let's learn a little bit yeah. about it first. Um, yeah. and then on the, on the other side, as you were pregnant, uh, and still working out, um, what was, cause I, when I was training one-on-one, I, I trained a couple of pregnant women, you know, we just kind of did modifications on different things like less floor work and, and, um, not t- twisting so much, but just as much as like I could read up on it and I could, uh, know they felt comfortable with doing. So in, in your experience, what did you find worked and what, what didn't, and were you surprised on anything? Yeah, it's it's kind of the same thing. And you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's just, um, 
it's the same thing as I was talking about postpartum. I'm like, I think I know what I'm doing, but I don't feel like an expert in this. Like, so I did a lot of research, a lot of asking people who I know are an expert in that. Um, but ultimately I found that, Hey, I'm actually correct. I'm just do intuitively what feels good. And, um, that was pretty much it. It had an interesting thing where I hadn't not heard of before where I had, what do they call it? Uh, pubis diastasis, something, but basically my pubic bone, the joint that connects two pieces was like, had too much, um, relaxin. The hormone relaxin just does exactly what it sounds like. It relaxes. And so it was like too loosey goosey. So that was extremely painful. And so from week like 16 of pregnancy or maybe even before, um, actually, I know it started it. I actually played a game of, uh, I was on a cruise. My husband and I did like a wedding crew. We eloped and then we did like a cruise with our family in October. And uh, I played, I decided to play a game of three on three basketball tournament <laughs> on the boat. Might as well. Um, we took silver. You didn't it win? It was worth it. <laughs> oh but it was, it was really good games. But anyway, <laughs> after that, I think I kind of like jump started that. And for the rest of my pregnancy, like it hurt to walk, which sounds really gnarly, but I could do a lot of things. I could squat, I could hinge, I could swing anything where two feet were planted, anything weight shifting, no, like didn't do a single lunge my entire pregnancy. And I couldn't go for walks. That was kind of the shittiest thing. Uh, uh, Cause I like to go for walks, but um, yeah, excessive walking would, would make it hurt. So that was definitely the most surprising. So there's just so many things about pregnancy in general that people don't talk about and you have no idea about. Like all you hear about is morning sickness and like cravings. But right. I didn't have either of those things, but there's all these other random things like, and I'm like, what is happening? So pregnancy, yeah, there's a lot of surprises uh, in that sense. That's got to be so crazy because like, is this because of the human I'm growing or is something else going on? And like, do you just chalk everything up to being pregnant at that point? Or do you just, are you just so. Google a bunch? I think you're allowed to do that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely just to blame it all on pregnancy because that's got to be it because growing a human is no joke. Seem, seems... Seems pretty tough. And they're like, so the relax, so the basketball injury, that was because of the relaxing that, that. So that's the, the day it started. I woke up the next morning and I was like sobbing and I couldn't walk. And I thought I like ruined my pregnancy, but it was, I, I could tell it was more me like a bone rather than like the baby. But I attributed to that just because that's the day it started and it never went away the rest of my pregnancy. So I think, I don't know if I didn't play that, if it would have happened or if I just jump started it, but it makes sense because it was just so much uh, agility that I was not my bot. It was just like a crazy amount of agility that my body wasn't uh, prepared for, or the hormone combined with all of that, like cutting and stuff that I was doing was too much at that point. Yeah. I think I would get hurt if I played pickup hoops now too. Um, so just on like a, a side, like this is just not even fitness related, but just I haven't had a conversation with anyone who's had a baby at, in this time do you like how much are you thinking about how this is going to shape your daughter's life like with this like pandemic and like how human behavior is just going to change do you think about that i'm sure yeah. like like what's that like yeah it is very interesting the what i think about and maybe this is too optimistic of me is like just telling her down the line like when you were born there was this crazy time <laughs> and we lysoled our groceries before we brought them in the house and blah, blah, blah. And I hope I could tell it to her as a story like that. Um, 
and rather than you, how we live now is started right when you were born, which unfortunately I think might be um, the case. Like just like nine eleven, all these things were instated, and we just forget that they were not there before nine eleven. Like obviously, mostly security measures at the airport, right. um, which are good, but. I'm like, I don't I remember what that, that was like of, before. I don't remember what it was like the airport before that. I mean, I was yeah 14 or something and I, I don't remember that at all. Um, yep. So I think there's gonna be a lot of crap like that. Um, especially with like not even sanitation and mask wearing and um, different things at businesses, but even like um, contact tracing and things like that, that I think will be here to stay because of the, because of this. But I hope not. I hope everyone just forgets about this slowly but surely, and then it's back to normal. <laughs> the optimistic, yeah. And yeah, and like I, I was thinking about it. You know, my it's interesting. My 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 grandmother just passed away this year, and she was born in nineteen. Oh. She she was one hundred and one, so she was born oh, in nineteen eighteen yeah. during Spanish flu, and then saw it all the way to coronavirus, which is crazy. So, she, but the like my parents parents were born during you know the great went through the great depression and it kind of changed the way that they raised their children and i th- i think about that like is is it going to be a de- uh, a depressed time for these kids you know and like how is that going to make them feel about um the way that they value different things and it's going to be really interesting to see because the world around them is going to be different like than any of us have had to experience yeah yeah i'm not sure i mean <clears throat> even from the perspective of, I think it might affect even more so people like my four-year-old stepson, like I said, like it's their kids are now, I, I don't know about other kids, but like he knows that it's a wash his hands all the time and constantly tell him not to touch things, which is so hard for a four-year-old. Um, but it's, it's awesome. He says, because of the coronavirus. virus. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I think this generation might be also a bunch of uh, germaphobes, which is probably not the worst thing. But I hope that well, the one thing I do want Jaxby to not do is grow up in fear. So even the way I, I treat her, people might think I'm crazy or take her around. Like I'm not super fearful. I'm not an idiot. I I am safe and keep distance. But I don't um, – you know, we go out of the house right. and I, I try not to – live in fear yeah and that and that's i feel like that 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 might actually be the how that generation separates you know like it's just huge divide about people who are active and and are doing things and other people who are sheltered to the point where it's like paralyzing but i think you're right about that i think there's going to be both because especially since you see how people are clashing hardcore uh uh, politically about this (laughs) of people who think you should stay at home people who think you should open um, I just posted one thing in my stories about a month ago about masks because they want you to wear masks on the boardwalk. And it's like 85 degrees, like while exercising, 85 degrees, hundred percent humidity in Miami. And I was like, put something like, there's no way I'm wearing a mask exercising. And then I got messages like, you don't give a shit about healthcare workers. You're the reason. <laughs> and like, yeah. and right. it's just like, and then so many people, like way more people were like, hundred percent. You're so right. I'm not wearing mask exercising either. It's, you know, it's absurd, especially when you're not near people in open air next to the ocean. But um, yeah, I think there's going to be a big divide in, in that. Yeah. Right. Like, I think it's going to like redraw 
political lines. Like right now they are kind of on both sides, not to make this political in any way, but it seems to be that people have chosen their, their sides, but like there's going to be people who are affected from this, that, that are going to have to like, are going to like switch teams. I think it's going to be crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's an interesting uh, question. I haven't thought about that for Jax be my daughter long-term very much beyond the fact that I hope that I'm telling it as like a long, long time ago story and it doesn't change things. Too much. Yeah, not like oh yeah, back before you were born, it was way cooler. We could do way more yeah. fun stuff, and now yeah. we don't do that much fun stuff. No more trampoline parks. <laughs> no. we, we used to we used to get together and jump on the same trampoline, put on little socks, yeah. and just dunk basketballs. Like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. Well, cool. So, what, what's what's next for for you then? Uh, you got you mentioned there's an epic cert. Um, that you guys are are working on, or is that re- released now? Or what's going on with that? Yeah, so now, honestly, it's uh, could you to look at it a positive way since I'm not in the physical gym space. It's given me an opportunity to do more of what I do on the other end of Epic, which is um, help the programming and coaching side of Epic as a, a company, a licensing program. So yes, I have an online certification called the Epic Coaches Certification that's available to the public. Uh, I created it originally for just the other Epics because as we started growing, when we first started opening new gyms, I would fly there. I'd give their coaches and owner the coaches certification over a weekend. But as we grow, right, that's not sustainable. So that was the original concept is to put it out there so that and also to help those owners be able to train new coaches because it's it's a lot of information. And it's like I said, we have very high level of coaching and programming. We're not just going to throw someone in there with uh, no experience. So um, I created it for that reason, but I realized that um, I should make it available to the public. So the public can, uh, anyone who wants to learn this system, who wants to learn what Epic Interval Training is all about, who wants a new way of working out um, because it is, like I said, a, a, a whole new system. It's, I hope, my, my dream for Epic is that everyone knows Epic Interval Training. When they think Epic and Interval Training, it's synonymous. Just like when you hear WAD, you know that means CrossFit. Um, I want Epic to be synonymous with Interval Training and uh, people to know the system and to be able to use it. So that is available to anyone online. There's a link in my bio on my Instagram that says Epic Coaches Cert. But other than that, yeah, I'm still working on programming um, for all of the locations and also teaching Zoom classes to my gym locally, which, like I said, anybody's welcome to join as well if they want to contact me. We have three live uh, Epic classes a day. So um, it's actually a really cool opportunity because I have so – I really do get so many messages on um, <laughs> you should open in St. Louis. You should open an Epic in Nashville. And I go, no, you should. <laughs> Good news. <laughs> like, not, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. And here's how go fill out our application. Um, but seriously, and anyone can take an Epic class now with me live on zoom. So it's, that's a pretty cool thing. That's really cool. And like the cert is an awesome idea for trainers to help differentiate themselves. Like say like, would this be what what it, what it would be like? So say if I worked at a local gym here is called like city fitness. Like if I worked at city fitness and I went through the Epic cert, can I then be on the city fitness schedule for like a five thirty on Thursday for like an Epic interval class? Like would it, like is that how that would work? You think? That's an interesting question. Um, no, technically you should buy an Epic license and then you can do that. Oh, even if I'm just an individual trainer. Yeah. But at the same time, 
of course I created it for the public. I don't expect you to take it and not use it. So they just call it go for different. it and I won't sue you. I promise I won't sue just, you if you go teach it. I would rather Epic be spread, but if you're going to run any sort of serious, um, uh, sustained, uh, legitimate Epic classes somewhere, technically you should also have a license. Got it. But hit them with yeah. an upsell. Be like, there's a two for two for one. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm for it. Um, any competition on the horizon? I mean, I know that's not for nobody or is that something that mentally do you feel refreshed or reset or what do you think as for uh, Cassie, the athlete? Yeah. Um, I would like to get back in there just out of curiosity. Like I think I'm, um, over it in that. I think I, I accomplished a good amount and I think I kind of peaked. I know I'm not like being pessimistic about myself. I know I can physically peak again, but I don't know if I like have it in me to want to like train super hard every day and crush my body and travel to a race when I'm like trying to like build and raise a family and run a business. That's like um, my just priorities and my passions have changed. Not to mention like race nerves have really, really peaked up there in the last few years to a point where it to me is almost not worth it to tow a starting line because of the feeling I get. Hmm. However, with that being said, um, I, I need to give it another go. And I think with, um, high rocks is, is going to be the thing that I, I'm going to need to try, especially if it's in Miami again, I'm not gonna be able to pass up because that's kind of my bread and brother butter. Although I'm going to have to come to you for some running because I'm going to have to run because that's seriously a lot, a lot of running. Yeah. And I was yeah. thinking that like, the, uh, that and Decafit was basically built for you. Yes. Yes. That for sure. That probably more so than high rocks. And Alex is doing great in those, right? Yeah. 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 He did awesome. And, and, Hyrox, he made a, a amazing comeback because he hasn't competed in anything in a while and um, competed with the the youngins and and crushed it. Yeah, so. he got some po- two podiums, I think, or at least one or two. New York, yeah, um, Miami, he did it as doubles, and then New York, and then uh, Chicago, he got a podium as well. I think he like I the first Spartan race I ever did was here in Philly in 2013. I did the stadium, and then I didn't do another. Um, uh, Spartan race until like 2016. I think Alex won that spart that Spartan race. Yeah, yeah, probably. He's he was um that's about the time he was like on the original Spartan pro team. Oh shit! And um did like all the first stadium races and stuff. So yeah, because I remember seeing because I was I was a runner guy, so I thought I was like gonna go in there and just kill everybody because I was fast. And then like I saw the guy who won. I was like that fucking guy won. Holy shit. Yeah. How did he move that what? fast? It's, like, oh, <laughs> it's enormous. This is not what I thought this was. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, awesome, Cassie. I'll let you get back. Do you want to take up your whole day? So where can people uh, find you? Uh, the best place is, is probably Instagram at Epic Cassidy. And um, yeah, from there, you can find all my contacts and the link in my bio. Link in bio. You can ask her a bunch of stuff. A lot of people are asking her a lot of stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. And just to, to definitely follow on IG, you're, you're a great follow, authentic um, to yourself. I mean, I don't really know you, but from what I can tell, you're being authentic on there, which is it's just hard to do on, on social media for sure. So I appreciate uh, I'll that. make sure to link in, everything in um, and yeah, it'll be good to go. So I'm going to hit stop on here, but we'll stay on for a little bit. Um, so we're just signing off. Thanks for listening. And Cassie, thanks for joining. Thank you.